Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the podcast series hosted by the podcast mogul Phil Better, where we talk to podcasters from around the world to learn their secrets to their success. Today, I'm happy to have Mr. Radio himself, Marshall. Marshall, thank you so much for being here. Well, with that introduction, I, I hope I can live up to your introduction. Well, I, I'm pretty sure you can. You've been around, not calling you old or anything like that. You've been around the game a, a few more years than most of the podcasters I've interviewed. So I'm pretty sure you'll be able to bring some wisdom uh, to the show. Marshall, thank you so much for being here. Well, I'm uh, honored to be on your show. Excellent. Marshall, I have an amazing intro that you were kind enough to provide for me, but I hate reading it because I always do it dry and I don't do it properly. So could you introduce yourself to my audience and tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Marshall Katzman, and I was born a long, long time ago. Uh, I was born, actually, I was born in Chumley's Speakeasy, which is in Greenwich Village. Uh, and uh, then I, shortly after being born in Chumley's, I moved to Switzerland and lived in Zurich for about eight years came back to Greenwich Village, moved to New Jersey, and uh, then have traveled around the country, uh, been to almost every state except for Hawaii and Alaska. Fair. <laughs> They're a little more expensive to travel to for some odd reason. Mm -hmm. And as I was telling you earlier, I, uh, I've just returned from Algonquin Provincial Park, which was very very beautiful uh, we go camping there and biking and hiking so uh, i i enjoy canada as well excellent yeah no canada is very good for that the camping we have a lot of land that's not being used right now because you know it's kind of cold um up here in some of the months <laughs> um marshall i want to know i was reading your website and you started this podcast slash radio show back in 1990 well, according to iTunes, I, I started the podcasts before iTunes really had uh, service for podcasts. And I was using uh, a site called Blogger, which okay. is now, I believe, owned by Google. <laughs> and I would uh, go around. I, I Let me backtrack a little bit about my yeah. interest in podcasting. I, for me, podcasting is like radio. And I grew up loving radio in switzerland uh, we didn't really have televisions so i listened to the radio a lot and when i got back to the states i again listened to the radio a lot although i slowly blended into the tv culture and so i i use my radio background I, i've taught radio production in in community college so i use my radio background as the basis for producing my podcasts. In my early podcasts, I would walk around with a uh, portable audio recorder. And whenever we traveled, whether it was in Europe or uh, across the States, I would record street musicians and just just their music i i wouldn't interview them other than ask them if i if i may record them and then i started posting these on blogger which ended up going on itunes mm -hmm. but then a couple of years ago 
uh, iTunes would not accept the structure of the blogger podcast. So I had to figure out, okay, how am I going to get back on iTunes? And I, uh, I invested in uh, a lot of time in figuring that out. Uh, once I did, I then uh, still kept recording street musicians. And then I started constructing a studio in my basement. And uh, during the plague, I, uh, I, I needed something to do. So I started reaching out to uh, musicians and authors and uh, a variety of people and would record them in my basement studio. That worked until we had a hurricane. Uh, hurricane, uh, what was it? Irene or whatever, I forget what, what, <laughs> what hurricane it was. And, hurricanes this year. <laughs> and uh, so my basement got flooded, my studio oh. got destroyed. And it wasn't until last night, last night, because I, I was using your interview as my uh, boilerplate as to when I had to finish reconstructing my entire basement. And last night around 11 o'clock, I finished the last part of the basement. So the hurricane hit September 1st of last year. And it wasn't until uh, it wasn't until last night that I can say, okay, I have finally finished. So I, I'm going to start doing interviews again. Uh, I also do puppetry. Uh, I hope to start doing that as well again. I hope that answered your question. I don't it, know. It did. It did. It was a lovely question on telling us about your podcast, where it came from, how to start. You gave us the origin. It, it started with you just traveling, wanting to record street musicians. First of all, street musicians are wholly talented. The talent that they have to play on the music on the street to keep people entertained, amazing. And the fact that you wanted to share some of their stories and their music with uh on your just on a blog that's that's awesome yes so i i have uh street mus musicians from from canada uh from just about uh, from many state from many of the states here uh we went to slovenia and i recorded some musicians there so uh, in italy i have they're all on my old blog which still exists and while my studio was in disrepair, I started reposting some of those on my new podcast. Oh, I love it. I love it. Bringing back some oldies and goodies. I'm just over here on Listen Notes, which is one of the uh, premier sources for podcasters. Um, and I see that you're, you are a top 10% listened podcast. Uh, well, that's the first time I've ever heard that. Uh, you know, I, I used to, I don't know if, if in Canada you ever listened to Car Talk, but uh, yeah. the, the two hosts, one who died a couple of years ago, they would always say, oh, well, for our three listeners, uh, this is, <laughs> so uh, what was that statistic you just read? <laughs> so listen notes, <laughs> it, it's a little weird. I, I live in the podcasting world, as most of my audience knows. You may know, I just, I love podcasting, learning everything about it. So listen notes is, um, it, it's, it takes all the ratings and all the public data that's possibly available for podcasters, right? And they, they mathematically do stuff and they find out where you rank compared to the other 3 million podcasts. 
So you get the same, the top 10% of podcasts, you're inside there. So you're like a, a in the same 200,000 or 300,000 podcasts, you get the same listening as them. So you're in the top 10% of podcasts for listens, for well, downloads that, and listens. I'm going to have to put that on my resume. Yeah. And uh, I also see that you have, you've claimed it on the, on the website. So you must've done that earlier or someone, one of your friends did it for you, but yeah, you can actually embed that onto your website here. I'll give you a, sh I'll show you what. Well, well, send me a link to that. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll... <laughs> this is news to me. There, just put it down in my notes here. Also have to send, uh, send you the copy of the, uh, the interview so that you, uh, you have a copy of that, but yeah. So you've been, uh, you've been podcasting, you've been, taking care of independent artists on your show for a while. Now, was there a specific reason why you went after or not went after, but you chose to focus on the street musicians? Well, I, I like music. Uh, I, I tried to learn how to play an instrument, but that didn't succeed. But I, I really like uh, an eclectic uh, realm if that's the correct phrase uh, of music. I like jazz. I like rock. I like classical. Uh, opera, maybe. So it was just a way that I could uh, <clears throat> enhance the, these street musicians' uh, profile. Yes, their range, their audience. And, and I, I enjoyed listening to them and... Uh, I just enjoy music. That's all you need to say. You enjoy music. That's it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with enjoying music. I love listening to music on like long walks, just having your music play and you're just out there just enjoying the, enjoying the world. So yeah. Now, no. now you know, I, I've listened to your podcasts and most of your uh, guests are, are making money off of, off of these podcasts. And I am a terrible business person. You know, I, I've, I've thought, well, maybe, I, you know, maybe I could do advertising or something like that, but I, I don't make any money on it. However, whenever I have a guest, for example, if I have somebody who has a band or someone who uh, is teaching a course, I, I let them promote at the end of the interview how people can get in touch with them. So I'm promoting people. They're getting some money for it. I'm not, but I enjoy it. Hey, as long as you enjoy it, that's the main thing. Money will come. Like they say, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And I have to say, I love podcasting. And yeah, there's some work, but it doesn't feel like work because I get to interview great people like yourself. And then I re-listen to the episode when I edit it. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I missed this part and that part. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm looking over here trying to get some good questions or and I'm still listening, but it's like surface level listening, just that smart listening that uh, all those corporate jobs teach you. Um, Marshall, you've been at this game for a while and you've been interviewing and people for a while. So you must have a tip for podcasters when it comes to interviewing. Well, if you're interviewing on the fly, it's, it, it's pretty hard to research the person you're interviewing. So if I were to interview a street musician and I knew nothing about the street musician, uh, I would have to have a, a conversation without doing any research. But I remember Larry King uh, did a, uh, a bit on how to interview people and he claimed he could interview anyone 
not not even knowing anything about them. So he pulled somebody out of the audience and he he started to have an interview with that person. And I think first, if I'm going to do a prepared interview uh, where I know who who's going to be on my show, I try to do as much research as I can so that I can come up with some good questions. But I think the the key for me, at least, is an interview should be a conversation. And by that, I mean that now my wife disagrees with me. She claims <laughs> she claims I don't listen. But I, I think an interview should be a conversation where you're listening to what somebody has to say. And let's say I have 10 questions that I want to ask this person. And I ask the first question and the person says something that has nothing to do with any of my other questions. I try to say, oh, and bring something totally different that that I didn't have prepared to ask into the into the interview. So uh, I try to have one question and that I know what I'm going to ask and then don't use any of the other questions. Just listen to what the person has to say and try to feed off of what they're saying for my next question. I like that. I, I I kind of do the same thing. I have my set questions that I ask because those are the questions I, I, I want to know about. Those are the mandatory questions. But then the rest of it, I love just asking questions about the story because I do agree. It is a conversation. All it is is a conversation to, between two potential friends. That's all it is. That's what an interview is, I, how, how I look at it anyways. Well, a, a good example that I that I sometimes use is the, the interviewer who who uh, is interviewing a woman on the street and she says, oh, uh, how are you doing today? And the woman responds, oh, my father just died. And the interviewer says, oh, that's great. Now, what are you going to be doing after uh, you go shopping today? So not listening in an interview is is not a good thing. Yeah, no, paying attention to what your, what your guest says is very important, especially uh, if they mention their a family member passes away saying it's great isn't probably the smartest uh, way about gaining uh, the uh, the exclusivity uh, answers that you can get from a, a guest when you are listening now you mentioned puppetry and for people watching this over your right shoulder there seems to be a puppet playing a guitar that's rockaday rockaday johnny rockaday uh, johnny Rockaday Johnny is a character from a Bob Dylan song, talking World War III blues. And uh, Rockaday Johnny is, uh, it, it, it's uh, an atomic war has just occurred and Rockaday Johnny is the only survivor of this atomic war. Actually, Rockaday Johnny is not the only survivor. <laughs> the, the only survivor, I guess, is Bob Dylan. And okay. he's, he's driving down 42nd Street. There's nobody on 42nd Street. It's total devastation. And he turns his radio on. He's in his, I believe, his, in his Cadillac. He turns his radio on and he hears Rocket A. Johnny singing, tell your ma, tell your pa, our love's going to grow, ooh-ah, ooh-ah. And Rocket A. Johnny sings that over for about 10 minutes. So I decided... I need to make a character of uh, Rockaday Johnny. So in around early 1970, I was living in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and they have uh, a coffee, a famous coffee house there called The Ark. And while I was living in Ann Arbor, I created Rockaday Johnny. 
and performed him the premiere performance at the Ark. And it, it, two of my friends were part of this. One friend was the DJ who introduced Rocket A. Johnny and the other friend played the guitar because as I told you, I don't know how to play any instruments. And uh, I think we flipped the audience out. Uh, I know one of my friends was screaming. She, she was, she couldn't believe what she was seeing. Uh, she wanted to leave. I, I don't know what, if maybe she didn't like the show. And then I, I took Rocket A. Johnny as well as some other uh, productions on the road, went cross country, performed Rocket A. Johnny in bars, passed the hat around, performed Rocket A. Johnny at a commune in uh, California. And uh, he, he hasn't performed in quite a while. I did try to use him during the plague. Uh, I was trying to do stuff on video. So I thought, well, maybe I can do some video with Rocket A. Johnny. So I have a couple of happy birthday songs where, where Rocket A. Johnny is singing happy birthday on video. You can find them on YouTube. Oh, I'm definitely going to be putting those on the links down below because uh, I'm definitely want to see Rocket A. Johnny because he's such an intro. Like, as I'm talking with you, I keep getting pulled over to your shoulder because he looks so interesting um, as a character. And I just wanted to know a story <laughs> of him. So I love to know that we have Rocket Day Johnny, another celebrity on the podcast. Well, well, behind me, I don't know if you can see behind me. Uh, oh, because my name is there. But that's the drunk. I don't know. Can you see that? Yeah, I can see the drunk. He kind of yeah. reminds me of uh, one of the guys from uh, the Muppet Show. One of the uh, the uh, in the theater there in the balcony guys one of those yeah. guys the show yeah man. yeah so the the drunk is based on a uh when when i i started doing puppetry when i was eight and uh my uncle introduced me to sergey obratsov who is a famous russian puppeteer and one of his uh pieces was the drunk so during uh before the plague I put the drunk together and I would uh, perform that. I performed the drunk at the Jim Henson carriage house in Greenwich village. And he, uh, he recites uh, Shakespeare while he's drinking a <laughs> bottle of vodka and then he just passes out. So um, that's the drunk. Jeez. Okay. Um <laughs> I like that character. Um, he's an interesting character. I've met a few people like him in my life, so uh, I definitely resonate with him. Uh, but yeah, I love how you still do your puppeteering. Well, the the plague has put the obvious yes stop that. I, my last show that I was supposed to do hap was canceled because of the plague. So, uh, and I really haven't put an effort to. I've been rebuilding my basement, basement. So yeah there's I, been I, a bit I, of, a few more important things yeah. on, the, on the ground yeah than uh playing with the puppets um in in your time that you've been podcasting you've been blogging you've been recording artists um has there been a moment where it was like yeah this is this is why i enjoy what i do this is this is something that i would never want to stop even if there's another plague that comes by has there oh, been a moment? Oh, definitely. All the time. I, the research is difficult. Uh, the editing is difficult. But the actual interviewing and recording, I really enjoy. No question. It, it, has there been an, 
an uh, an interview that just stands out that is like this is one maybe not your favorite but one that you're like this is this is an enjoyable uh interview that i've had well the the last interview i did i started to go back to my blog where i had my street musicians and i tried to contact the street musicians and, and some of them I, it had been five eight years ago that i had recorded them uh, and one of them got back to me and he was actually the last interview that I did, uh, Brad Sage. And it, it gave me an insight into this person that I didn't have before. I, I, I enjoyed that very much. Awesome. I love that. I love that. Now, I want to know with everything that you have going on you've been in the industry minimum eight years but you've been longer doing the podcasting world you've been podcasting before it was called podcasting by recording audio and uploading it um what changes have you seen like because you originally come from broadcasting radio broadcasting and obviously podcasting is parallel to it what are the, some of the changes you may have seen in your time doing this Oh, the technology. I, I started, I start, well, I started recording on reel to reel tapes, which involved editing with a razor blade and an edit all block. Uh, so you would actually, you would listen with headphones. You would uh, find the part that you want to cut out of the tape. You would take the razor blade, put it on the edit all block, cut that piece out and uh, throw it on the floor put it together. Uh, just a little side note on that. When I was teaching uh, at a community college, we, we get a, a wide variety of students from uh, recent high school graduates to very senior citizens older than I am. And one of my students was the uh, chief announcer for a classical music station in New York, WQXR. And I was very nervous about teaching. And, and this is going to get back to your question. Don't worry. No worries. No, no. I love these stories. I love <laughs> stories. So don't worry. I'm enjoying this. So uh, I was very nervous about teaching this class. And I had this, this announcer who was chief announcer for a, a major New York station. And he told a story about reporting the Pearl Harbor attack on the radio, but he would edit using a wire recording and he would take his cigarette and melt the wire together in order to edit it. So <laughs> that's, that's even earlier than using razor blades and edit all blocks. So then I moved on from razor blades and edit all blocks to in, in terms of audio, I also edit video, but in terms of audio uh, using computerized uh, editing, Pro Tools. It's my belief that my background in with the razor blades and, and edit all blocks helped me to understand Pro Tools a little better. So when you ask what changes have I seen, just the technology, just to be on, on your show today, I couldn't use my old computers. I have a 
fairly brand new computer that I had to use. So technology is just, it's uh, moving along rather quickly. And I'm not sure it's moving in the right direction for everybody because uh, it's like the razor blades, you know, they, they, you can buy a razor for uh, $5, but the blades cost $20. So the, the technology has, has progressed, but it, but it's leaving people behind who aren't keeping up with, with the equipment, with the hardware for it. I don't That's know if true. that answered your question. No, either. it does. It does. Okay. It does. You, you've seen, like, I asked you what, what, what changes have you seen? And you see the technology going from editing blocks and, or even before that cigarette and wire, because that, geez, that must've been not fun. Like I, I can understand the razor. At least you can like, oh, I can put it back, but you're burning it. It's gone forever. That info. Wow. Okay. That, that is, I would be stressed for having to do that, but. Well, even, even the razor blade, if, uh, if you throw the piece on the floor or if you have a pile of pieces, it's, it's hard to find the piece that you took out. Yeah. Wow. No. Oh God. The stress. I, I, I'm very happy that I have my pro tools now that I can just go control Z. It's gone. It's good. Okay. We're good. <laughs> Because uh, I don't think I, the, my anxiety already is high, high as it is when I'm editing. I don't think I could handle using a razor blade or even a cigarette to uh, to take care of that. My God, my God. Yeah, you're right. The technology has changed. Um, I want to know: Is there a podcast that you listen to that you want to share with the audience? Uh, I like This American Life. I mean, that's a very popular mm -hmm. podcast. Uh, I think the moth is considered a podcast. So those are two of my favorite podcasts. I, I'm interested. I, I, I've heard of this American life. It's a well-known, but the moth I have not heard about. Do you want to just tell me a bit about it? Oh, well, the moth, uh, uh, if you ever do road trips, that's a great podcast to listen to. The moth is, uh, they go around, the, they're based in, I believe in Massachusetts and New York. They have people tell personal stories and uh, i believe they have to be under five minutes so you get all kinds of stories from uh, uh, a blind uh, brother being led through a zoo to to view a snake pit uh to uh just uh, my the funny one is called uh, the bat stretcher so if you google that bat stretcher that's a great story that's about uh, a, a uh, a guy who wanted to become a bat boy for the New York Yankees and what he had to go through in order to, to do that. So the, the moth is basically different stories that, that people tell and uh, all kind of funny stories, sad stories, uh, informative stories. I'm definitely going to reach out to them to see, get them on the show. Cause they sound like they have a whole bunch of fun stories to have on. Um, Marshall, I'm having a, a wicked fun time talking with you and learning all about the the world of Mr. Radio and how you started. But we're coming to the end, so I'm going to ask you the final question. Uh oh, uh, I'm I'm really nervous here. I can promise you. You, you, I, you, to, you, to, you told me about this, and I'm not sure I can handle this. But go ahead. I think you can. So, as my audience knows, I'm a big fan of Yes Theory and their 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 stuff of seeking discomfort and their brand seeking discomfort. They have a game called Spark, where it's sparking conversations with uh, with uh, uh, strangers and starting an adventure. So I have, I've gone through the game. I've picked a few questions out and uh, this one, I think you'll, you'll, you'll be fine with. So 
What are you most grateful in life for? What are you most most grateful for in life? Is your question, Marshall? Well, aside from waking up every day, <laughs> uh, I, I'm good... great. I'm grateful for my family. Uh, I have uh, a wonderful wife, uh, two sons, and a daughter. So I'm I'm grateful for my family. I love that. I love that. That's a very genuine answer, Marshall. And I great way to end the episode. So Marshall, I'm going to jump off stage now. I'm going to let you have the last little bit. Tell us where we can find you, how we can support you and Mr. Radio. And uh, of course, r- the Rockabye Billy. Okay. My name again is uh, Marshall and uh, you can support me by Googling fantasy puppet theater at uh, .com. And when you get to that site, you will see a, a link for Mr. Radio, which will bring you to my current shows. It will give you information on how to get in touch with me. And if you really want to support me, go to iTunes, Mr. Radio, two separate words, M-I-S-T-E-R-R-A-D-I-O, and give me a, a good review because nobody gives me reviews. I, I only have five reviews now i know this is probably going to end up having people giving me terrible reviews but hey (laughs) no marshall i can guarantee you they're going to give you five stars because you are an amazing guy to talk to i can't thank you enough for being on the show well it was an honor to be here and uh i wish you the best of luck with uh the rest of your programs awesome to my audience down below uh make sure you follow marshall the links will be in the show notes down below, but make sure you give him a five-star review over on iTunes. Don't give him a one-star. Give him that five stars. Tell him how much you enjoyed listening to the stories and the musicians that he has on his show. Um, Marshall, again, I want to thank you for being on the show. I'm glad you got your uh, studio done uh, before by last night so that we can have this conversation. Well, uh, and I'm going to start requesting people to be my guest again. Excellent. I'll definitely, it. I'll have the link down there, how they can become a guest in case there's any uh, listeners out there that want to share their story with you. Um, and to my audience, again, remember to always invest in yourself.